Hello and welcome to the Guelph Politicast. I'm Adam A. Donaldson of Guelph Politico. Today I talked to Kirsten Dupuy, who is the Territory Manager at the Guelph Clinic of Canadian Blood Services. It's the holiday season, and along with the usual need to give presents, food, and other festive delights is the life-or-death need to give blood. Emergencies don't take a break during the holidays, and they especially don't take a break during a pandemic lockdown. The hospital is still in business treating more than just COVID-19, and there are a myriad of medical emergencies that require the blood for millions of generous donors across Canada, including Guelph. Tis the season for giving, so why not give blood? Why you should think about rolling up your sleeve is the topic of this special edition of the Guelph Politicast. We've heard a lot about essential services in this pandemic, and it's hard to think of a service more essential than blood donation. Even though we're under lockdown again, local blood donor clinics are still open and have been open through the entirety of the pandemic. According to Health Canada's own website, donating blood in Canada remains safe. Everyday blood products are needed for patients undergoing surgery, cancer treatments, and to save lives following traumas such as motor vehicle accidents. Like your local grocery shop or your doctor's office, Canadian Blood Services has gone to great pains to make sure people can give blood and give safely despite COVID-19 and its increased rate of spread. So how are our blood supplies these days? Canadian Blood Services annual report for 2019-2020 covers the beginning of the pandemic and the immediate effect of it on blood donation. In his report, Chief Supply Chain Officer and Vice President of Donor Relations Rick Prinzen explained that blood services started the crisis from a position of strength thanks to the steady flow of blood collection over the last few years. It also helped that the pandemic necessitated the postponement of a number of elective surgeries, but cancer treatments continued, and so do accidents and other types of medical emergencies that require a constant supply of blood. COVID hasn't changed that, but how has COVID changed the business of donating blood? Kirsten Dupuy is here to tell us about that on this special bonus edition of the Guelph Politicast. She will explain what the experience of giving blood is like now, the process you have to go through, and what happens to the blood once it leaves your arm. She will also talk about the current need for blood, how Canadian Blood Services has kept up with the demand through the pandemic, and why there's a lot of pressure to get blood donations over the holidays. And finally, Dupuy will also talk about her own personal story, why she's been a blood donor since before she started working for blood services, and about her cousin Tiffany, whose story continues to inspire her and her work to promote the cause of blood donation here in Guelph. So I caught up with Kirsten Dupuy earlier this week via Zoom. Kirsten Dupuy, thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Uh, there are so many places we could begin on, on, on this topic, but why don't we just start with you and your job and what you do for Canadian Blood Services? Absolutely. So my role with Canadian Blood Services is a territory manager in uh, donor experience and recruitment. So essentially what that means is I... Um, I sort of work behind the scenes, uh, making sure that all of our donation events are set up for success. So my, uh, my counterpart and I, we book all of the venues that we go to in um, you know, smaller towns when we're popping up. And then we also look after the donor center here in Guelph. Um, and then the other kind of side of our job is also doing donor recruitment. 
event. So making sure that every single event that we're in charge of is well set up for success, making sure that we are going to collect to our targets every day to make sure that there's enough blood going into hospitals. Okay. Yes. So how does your job been affected by COVID? Um, there's no kind of blood donor clinics, you know, these days. Yes. It's, 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 it's a very different, um, a very different beast. So just how, how is, you know, your job yeah. as, as like recruitment been different? There was a lot of adaptations that had to be made very quickly from, from our uh, perspective. So, uh, you know, right in the very beginning when things were shutting down, um, we had some situations where, you know, we weren't able to go to regular locations that we would normally go to. Um, thankfully, Canadian Blood Services is deemed as an essential service. Uh, so, you know, typically if we're traveling to a, a community or a smaller town, we're often there using spaces in their community centers and their churches and spaces like that. Um, after a little bit of time, you know, even if those facilities were closed, there was often the case that we were in because we are essential. Um, so those things sort of resolve themselves over a little bit of time. But in terms of recruitment, it, it completely flipped us on our heads. Um, we are a very hands-on team. We like to be out and about in the community. A uh, big part of our job is often going to organizations and schools, high schools, universities, um, being being there on the ground, going to community events, festivals, and um, different things like that. And obviously, none of that was um, a possibility this year. And so it was a lot of just really thinking on our feet and, you know, doing a lot of the things that other organizations have had to do, too, in terms of switching to a more virtual approach to everything. So we are very, very fortunate that blood donors are some of the most dedicated volunteers out there and they have still continued to show up for us throughout this pandemic and continue to donate, which is so wonderful and like so heartwarming to see. Um, but it definitely uh, has been a new beast this year in terms of uh, figuring out how to get our message out there to the communities and letting them know, you know, we're still here, we're still open, we still need you and it's safe. I, I want to get to that uh, idea of the the safety of it too but just before we get into that um has the pandemic like even people because i know there are hardcore people who donate blood like weekly or monthly um has the pandemic had an effect there like people you would maybe not you specifically but people you know who staff the the blood donor facility up on silver creek you know mm -hmm. they see maybe the same faces a lot have they been seeing less of those faces because of the pandemic? Um, I think overall, our regular donors have continued to show up throughout this, and they're the ones who have really been keeping the blood supply strong and keeping it going throughout all of this. Um, we, you know, tried to act as quickly as possible, right, as soon as everything kind of hit the fan to, to make sure that we had the, the absolute safest policies in place to ensure that everyone's going to be comfortable coming through our doors. And we've continued to be very stringent about that, um, making sure that, you know, if you are going to leave your house, you want to make sure you're feeling safe right now. And, and that's extremely important to us. Um, so we've been very fortunate that, um, you know, although maybe right in the beginning, we saw a bit of a dip in, you know, an increase in cancellations of appointments and things like that. Um, but because of the policies that we've put in place and the measures that we're taking, we, we have seen that come back up and stay fairly strong throughout all of this. 
business. I mean, like any other business or, or organization, we have cycles throughout the year when we struggle a little bit more to get donors out regardless. Um, and that still obviously took place this year. That was no different. Um, but overall, our donor base has remained really strong, which is really, really wonderful to see. So let's say I haven't given blood in a while. I feel particularly inspired by listening to this podcast and I decide I want to go out and give blood. What is the process now? Like, and what do I expect when I get to the, the blood donor office? Um, I guess the first thing is I've decided to give blood. Can I just walk through the front door of the blood donor office and say, here I am like, stick a needle in me <laughs> <laughs> um normal circumstances we we do take walk-ins right now we are appointment only um this is to make sure that we can ensure physical distancing at all times within our facilities and to make sure that we are not exceeding the capacity within within the, uh, the inside of the donor center. Um, so first thing you're going to do is you're going to go to blood.ca. You're going to book an appointment on there. It's very easy. You can just even type in your location. So you just type in Guelph. The first one that's going to pop up is the donor center on Silver Creek. Um, after that, you choose your day and time that you're going to show up. Um, you want to arrive at, at our facility maybe about five minutes before your appointment. You want to make sure that you are well hydrated, drink lots and lots of water, and come on a full stomach. Those are the two, two big ones that are going to ensure you're going to have a good experience. Um, otherwise, you want to make sure you bring a piece of government ID with you, or if you are a regular donor, you've donated in the past, if you have a blood donor card, bring that with you. When you show up, we have a, a screening process before you even enter the facility. So you're going to um, be asked a series of questions pertaining to your health and to, and to COVID-19, um, just to make sure you're going to be as safe as possible coming inside. We actually check your temperature at the front door right now as well. Um, normally we do that when you're in a screening booth, but right now we moved it right up to the front door to make sure you have no, no signs of a fever. After that, you're going to come in, you're going to check in with our staff at the front. Um, and if you're a first-time donor or you don't have a donor card, they're going to print you off a temporary barcode to use for the day. Otherwise, if you have your barcode or your donor card, um, you're going to go and answer some screening questions. Um, so there is a series of questions. They're all yes, no, unsure. Uh, they pertain to, you know, your personal health, a little bit of health history, travel history, all that fun stuff. Um, after you're done that, you're going to read a brochure that you have to read every single time. Right now, we have uh, laminated copies that are sanitized every single time after use. Uh, so you read that, and then you go into a screening booth with one of our staff members. Um, so the screening booths are all set up with plexiglass um, barriers right now to make sure that, you know, if you aren't that full six feet apart, everyone's wearing masks. Masks are mandatory in our facilities like they are everywhere. And uh, you're going to just review your answers to the questions in there. We are going to poke your finger and take a small sample of your blood to check your hemoglobin level. Your hemoglobin is an indicator of your iron, so we want to make sure that we're not depleting your iron stores too much. Um, and then after that is the fun part, you get to go and donate. <laughs> um, so the donation itself is um, about on average, depending on the person, but anywhere from seven to 12 minutes. Uh, we've got nice big comfy chairs, they'll lean you right back, make sure that you're comfortable. Um, and during that time, you know, we've got TVs playing, there's music, you can read a book, you can look at your phone, really whatever you like. Um, and then when you're done, um, you are gonna uh, sit for about five minutes or so. 
and uh, and then we are still giving out snacks, so people don't have to worry about that. The cookies and juice are still there. Um, it's just a little bit different right now in that you are going to let our volunteer know what it is that you'd like for your snack. Uh, we've got a nice little menu put out, and uh, they're going to put it out on a tray for you, and then you get to take your snacks with you and then consume them once you've left the donor center. So no one has to take their mask off the, the whole time they're in there. Mm-hmm. That sounds pretty straightforward. Um, so where does the blood go when um, it's it, it collects in the bag, it, it waits to be picked up, and then where does the blood go? Like, does the blood collected in Guelph stay in Guelph, or what happens? It comes, uh, so it goes on a little bit of a journey, but it usually ends up back in Guelph or in the surrounding area. We try to keep all the donations pretty local. Um, so every day we have drivers who come from Brampton, they pick up all the collections from the day and they take them back to our testing facility in Brampton. So we have a state-of-the-art lab there where all of the blood is screened and tested. Um, so if you're doing a whole blood donation, which is what we collect in Guelph, uh, they're actually going to separate your blood into the four different components. So your plasma, your platelets, your red cells, and your white cells. We actually discard your white cells because that's what carries uh, bacteria and infection from your tissues and your blood. So we discard that. And then your plasma, your platelets, and your red cells are all screened to make sure everything looks good. And then within 24 to 48 hours, it's sent back to local hospitals to be used. Very cool. Yeah. So as they say in the business, you are not only an employee of the Canadian Blood Services, but you are also a client. Um, <laughs> so uh, that, from what I understand, that is a lifelong thing for you that you've been, you know, you've had your blood donor card for years. Yes, yeah. I um, I started donating when I was 17, um, actually, because someone who was previously in my job came to my high school and spoke to us about blood donation and the impact it can have. And I was like, yeah, I can do that. That's easy enough. And I know I'm going to help save someone's life. Um, so I actually just reached my 10th donation this year, which is uh, been you know deferred a few times over the years for different reasons for travel or you know low hemoglobin different reasons um, but I finally got to my 10th one this year and I've been going pretty strong for the last couple of years being able to donate fairly frequently um, and uh, it's a pretty cool feeling to know that you know every time I, I walk out of there having finished my donation that I'm gonna help someone and I'm gonna impact their life and uh, I was really um personally impacted in, in my life with blood donation um, a few years ago. I believe it was in 2017. Um, I'd been working at Canadian Blood Services for a couple of years at this point. And um, in my job too, we get to work with a lot of recipients and a lot of families who are personally impacted by blood donors and, and see firsthand what it really means. But it hits home a little bit differently when it's when it's someone you know and someone you love. And that's often the turning point for a lot of people when they realize like, oh wow, this really does make a big difference. Um, so I like to share my story with people because if you don't know someone who's personally been affected by blood, you know what, I'll share my story and now you know someone. Um, mm -hmm. So for me, that was, uh, that was my cousin. Um, her name was Tiffany and uh, we were very, very close um, as kids. We, um, her dad and her lived with my family a little over a year and she and I shared a bedroom. Um, our birthdays were just one day apart so we were a year and a day apart in age. Um, we were in the same classroom at school. We went to a very small school and it was uh, split grades so we were in the same classroom growing up. 
and uh, she was 25 years old. She was diagnosed with acute myeloid leukemia. So um, in terms of leukemia, this is typically a type of cancer that is found in middle-aged men. <laughs> so it was quite a surprise to our family when, when she was made like had this diagnosis. And uh, she went through treatment for about nine months. Um, and during that time, on average, leukemia patients receive anywhere from five to eight blood transfusions every week. Um, so it's, it's quite a drastic impact that blood donors have on the lives of leukemia patients. And uh, just based on the bare numbers, like the, the bare minimum amount of transfusions she would have received, she would have received well over 200 units of blood during wow. that time. Yeah. And, um, uh, she, I remember she, she had texted me quite a few times when she was receiving her blood, letting me know like, Hey, I'm getting a transfusion today. Like, thank you so much. And you know, it, it's because of you guys that I'm, I'm getting this and uh, donors really made the, made the difference in her lifestyle during that time. Um, had it not been for blood donors, she would have died a lot sooner. Um, and she would have been in a vegetative state in the hospital during that entire time. She was so fortunate that blood donors gave her the ability to fulfill all of her last wishes. Um, she went rock climbing, she went skydiving, she went kayaking. Um, and she was actually living on the West Coast at the time when she was sick and blood donors gave her a bill of health well enough that she was able to travel back to Ontario and see our family one last time before she passed. And that gift was something that we can never ever replace it was absolutely priceless and mm. uh, I think it, it really opened everyone else in my family's eyes to just really the the impact that this makes on on the lives of Canadians and um, I mean unfortunately Tiffany did did pass away from her illness but it was those blood donors that gave her those extra nine months and those extra memories and that time with our family and that really is something that is a gift that you can't put a price on. No, you can't. And um, you and your family still kind of pay it forward, isn't that right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah we like to. Um, Canadian Blood Services has a really uh, wonderful program called Partners for Life. And essentially what a Partners for Life um, partnership is, is anyone can do it. So it could be a company, it could be, you know, we have corporate companies like Google for life, or it can be um, a single person or a family that wants to start their own um, kind of club in honor of someone. So we have a group, it's called In Honor of TIFF, and uh, we've all signed up to be a part of this. And every time that we donate, our donation is made in her memory. And uh, every year on her birthday, because she and I shared, shared our birthdays, they were very, very close. And because she passed away just a few days before her birthday, actually um we go and donate every year on june 7th in her name and it's just a really wonderful way to celebrate her and celebrate the life that she had and the life that she was given because of blood donors for for those last few months you would know this given your your job but i mean is there a lot of people like you and your family who turn this into you know i i guess a, a tradition a kind of like family activity because they have that experience. They have that kind of yeah. lived experience, having seen a family member be a beneficiary of blood donation. And absolutely, yeah, um, yeah. Like I said, you know, blood donation is one of those things that people often think, like, oh, I should do that, or I should really get around to it, or it's on their bucket list, and I really want to donate blood one day, and I'll get around to it. Um, 
it's often people who have been personally affected by it who are the ones to, you know, go ahead and book it, go ahead and, and get in the donor center as quickly as they can because they've seen firsthand what it means um, for those recipients. And uh, yeah, we work with quite a number of families and uh, people who have been affected by blood donation and uh, a lot of recipients actually too who, who have survived because of blood donors who are still here today because blood donors saved their life. And that's what you know keeps us going every day is seeing these people who said like, I would be alive if it wasn't for blood donors. So it's often, yeah, those people who, who have been personally affected. Um, actually, statistics show that one in two Canadians will either need blood in their lifetime or know someone who will. So it's often the case that you probably already know a handful of people who receive blood and you're maybe just not even aware of it. Mm -hmm. And it should be noted on the record, COVID hasn't changed the need. I mean, we hear stories about how hospitals are postponing surgeries and, yeah. and uh, you know, perhaps mitigating some of the, the normal activities at a hospital, but the need is still there and is still greater, great, if not greater than it normally is, despite the pandemic, which doesn't require many blood transfusions, but the, the need is still definitely there. Yes, absolutely. So, yeah, like you said, some elective surgeries have been postponed because of COVID. Um, many of those were actually rescheduled during the summer months. So we actually saw our demand increase a little bit at that time because those surgeries were being rescheduled. Um, but aside from, from surgeries, there's hundreds of reasons why someone may need a blood transfusion. So, and many of the top ones are, are not surgical, like surgical related. They are because of cancer treatment. Um, many women undergoing labor who have complications often need blood transfusions during that time. Um, trauma and accident victims. Uh, the average um, use of blood during a, a bad car accident is about 50 units of blood. So one wow. person could need upwards of that. I We work very closely with a recipient who received over 75 units of blood she was hit by a car so uh the, the need remains very strong and it, it's it doesn't go away um about 60 every 60 seconds in canada someone receives a blood transfusion and that that continues to be the case that case with the 75 units blows my mind because correct me if i'm not, my numbers are wrong but there are about five gallons of blood in the human body right yes yeah so um the human body so one unit of blood is about 500 milliliters. Every person has about 10 units in their body. Um, so that means that that person was just continually losing blood faster than they could get it into them, really. That person had their blood replaced seven and a half times exactly. in that one. Oh, yeah. Makes you... <laughs> <laughs> like when you put it that way, it really yeah, makes you it think. really puts it in perspective. Eh? <laughs> uh, I know that um, in in like the holidays in particular, it seems to be a, a particularly busy time in which we hear a lot about the need for blood donation. And I know this; it's kind of the same for summer holidays, it's like the holiday weekends in the summer. I hear the ads on the mm -hmm. radio too. Um, why? are those times particular, like, the, like even just in terms of like promotion and getting people out to donate, why, why are those, why are these the times, I guess, to, to focus yeah. on getting people out? So the, the main reason is actually because blood has a shelf life. Um, 
so we, you know, we say the need is constant. We, we genuinely do need blood donors every single day. Um, the biggest reason that we needed around holiday periods is um, because of the, the uh, shelf life for platelets. So your platelets only have a shelf life of seven days and platelets are one of the most commonly used blood products uh, for transfusion, especially for cancer and trauma patients. Uh, so, um, we, we don't close really on holidays ever. We close on December 25th on Christmas day. And typically um, we don't run events on Sundays. Otherwise we are open every day. And uh, if we you know have a long weekend, um, and most people are off on holiday Monday, for example, if we're closed on the Sunday and then we don't have enough blood donors coming in on the Monday, it means there's going to be a shortage in that platelet supply for the hospitals. Um, so that's typically why you hear a lot more promotion and a lot more high demand for, for blood donors on those holidays and on those uh, those long weekends is because we, we need to replenish that supply. It's just not that people are more accident prone on holidays. It's, uh, <laughs> that's what that I might be a, tr- a contributing factor too. Yeah, you know, you often see accidents go up over those long weekends and over holidays and stuff. People traveling back and forth from cottages and family and things like that. And uh, yeah, those those incidents do do have a bit of an uptick. It's definitely a factor. Well, maybe to wind down. Um, for the needle averse, let's say, you know, and, and they feel like they, they want to contribute and give back. Um, you know, it's, I guess, is there a way to do that? I mean, there's no, there's no way to not get a needle in your arm. Right. But I know that people have an understandable discomfort with needles, if not an outright fear. So, I mean, how, how is that kind of handled? Like if someone is brave enough to, to want to walk into a blood donor clinic, <laughs> Absolutely. You know what? I can 100% appreciate the fear of needles. It's not a comfortable feeling. It is overwhelming. Um, I will say though, our staff do a very wonderful job of making sure everyone is as comfortable as possible during the whole process. Um, They are very well-trained phlebotomists and this is all they do all day, every day. So they're, they're the pros. They're the ones you want looking after you. Um, And uh, I've actually, you know, been in the donor center before where they are not comfortable, you know, maybe in a situation where if you go to get blood drawn for, um, for medical purposes for the doctors or something, they, they might poke you two or three, four or five times <laughs> to try and find a vein. Our staff are not comfortable doing that. They don't want to put you through through that experience. So if they can't find a vein and, and they don't feel confident poking you, they're not going to do it. Um, they want to make sure it's as seamless and as painless as possible. Um, so that's why I always tell people, you know, that water, um, you want to make sure you're well hydrated, that's going to help you as like bring your veins up to the surface and make sure that it's a good experience. Um, but aside from that, you know, and I, I have met people who just say like, I genuinely am just petrified of needles, like I pass out, I, you know, just at the sight of them or the thought of it. And I completely appreciate that. There's always lots of other ways to get involved with Canadian Blood Services if that's a road that you you want to take if you're still really dedicated and you still really want to help. Um, we always need volunteers in our donor center so if you want to volunteer in our refreshment area be that, that wonderful person who is kind of the MVP who gets to hand out the cookies. <laughs> we always need volunteers for that. Um, we are non organization so financial donations are always an option as well and then uh, one other option is actually to be a stem cell donor. 
So you can join Canada, um, Canadian Blood Services is, is in charge of Canada's stem cell registry. Um, so uh, you can do that. You can order a, a swabbing kit through our website. They'll send it right to your house. It's just a, a quick swab in the cheek of your DNA and you send it back to our labs. Um, it could have a situation where you could save someone's life by being their stem cell donor if you were a match with them. If that was the situation, then there may be some needles involved. Um, but you know, it, it, that's typically a life or death matter for someone if they're undergoing stem cell transplant. So maybe it, it would be worth it. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, where do they take the stem cells from? There's a, a couple different methods that they use. Um, the most common one is through apheresis. Uh, so they do one arm or one needle in each arm. They take your blood out, they spin it through an apheresis machine, separate, take your stem cells. Um, the other option is a day procedure where you are actually put under and they take it out of your hip bone. Uh-huh. Because I'm thinking, you know, for the needle averse who, who may be, uh, <laughs> you know, being knocked out might be a benefit anyway. Might. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Chris, uh, Kirsten Dupuy, uh, I want to thank you for your time. I, I know that uh, me and my listeners uh, all feel sympathy for, for your family and, and Tiffany's story, but uh, I think at the same time, we can be glad that uh, she does live on in some small way with uh, everybody in your family giving blood in her name. And I think, you're, I think you're right. We can all think of someone we can uh, pay, pay tribute with in blood which is a weird way to say it but i think <laughs> i think i think it's a good message for the holiday anyway kirsten dupuy thank you so much thank you so much for having me and once again that was kirsten dupuy as you heard canadian blood services in their guelph location at 130 silver creek parkway north is open during the holidays despite the lockdown that's now in effect but you can make an appointment to donate and to find out how, you can visit Canadian Blood Services at blood.ca or by calling 1-888-2-DONATE or 1-888-236-6283. And that is it for this special edition of the Guelph Politicast. The music for the Guelph Politicast comes from KPM Classics and Sid Dale. The Guelph Politicast is usually recorded at CFRU at the University Center on the University of Guelph campus. And to learn more about CFRU, go to CFRU.ca. You can download the Guelph Politicast on Wednesday from Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and Spotify. And you can download it from the host at Podbean at GuelphPoliticast.Podbean.com. And when you subscribe to the Guelph Politicast channel, you will get an episode of Open Sources Guelph on Mondays and an episode of End Credits on Fridays. You can get in touch with me by email at adamadonaldson at gmail.com. Reach me through Twitter at adamadonaldson or at Guelph Politico. Find Guelph Politico on Facebook at facebook.com slash politicoguelph. And if you'd like to help build a locally sourced independent media outlet in the city of Guelph, then please consider donating to Guelph Politico. And you can find out how at guelphpolitico.ca slash donate. That would, of course, be a donation of money and not of blood, obviously. For all the latest local political news, check out guelphpolitico.ca, where there will be a new episode of the Politicast for you at its regular time on Wednesday. And until then, happy Boxing Day. Happy Boxing Day.